props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP-LOUISIANA, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. People with laptops, they want to be smart. No, I want to be portable. I didn't portable. say anything. I want to be portable. You have a phone. Yeah, you got a phone, man. It's the same thing. Stop. A phone is a computer. It's the yeah, same thing. The reason people are always on their phones is not a phone. Oh, it's God. a computer. It's I'm insane. taking technology advice from you, too. <laughs> it's the same thing. What is this tweeter thing? <laughs> GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. through in the upper cervical family chiropractic hotline. You got a segment to get your calls in. 115. Ralph Marlboro. See how he's handling things. 130 Eric Summers, Saints and Pelicans team reporter. We'll mainly ask about the Pels tonight taking on the Detroit Pistons over at the SKC. And a busy, busy weekend all and around that footprint area. Don't forget, you got high school football championships. Got Pels and Suns Friday and Sunday. It is going to be fun. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. Let's get stupid. Today's more that what that camel Wednesday hump day. It is Shock G, the digital underground. Current Fox NFL Sunday host, analyst, Sean Payton. Future head coach. Come on, Sean. Come on, Sean. Let me ask you this. I, I saw some people tweet about this yesterday, too, as well. First, some words of wisdom. Legit question, because I know some of y'all unhappy the way you left, unhappy that some of these problems are because of Sean Payton's decisions. But remember a couple weeks back, I think it was Sharif Ashak from Channel 6 tweeted, Hey, Mrs. B, whatever it takes, pick up the phone, share the franchise, even better parking spot, have Graf wash the car. I mean, whatever it takes. Would you want Sean back? I mean, obviously, I think you have to say yes, but do you? Or do you want fresh eyes, fresh everything? Because I think the only pause I have in that is, well, the whole, did he see this coming down the train? You know, the tracks. So, but look, I mean, 
Anything's better than what you're seeing right now. Again, just compare and contrast. Last season was disastrous with all the different things. Injuries, COVID, coaching games where you didn't have staff. The Dolphins game, even though Roy wants to claim it as one of the greatest regular season victories in Miami Dolphin franchise history. I mean, yeah. where is that quarterback, by the way? The legend of South Bend. But, no, I mean, in all honesty... And they almost made the playoffs. That, that, that gives you an idea, doesn't it? Gives you an idea. It matters. Handling situations, it matters. I, I, I think this goes further than just a play call here, play call there. It's just everything. And if, if you, and before you sit there, that's not fair. Well, is it? Because isn't that the reason LSU fans, I know Matt Moscona was on it every single day. That you thought you needed to move on from Coach O. Love the guy. Love the personality. But even he said it. And you see it. That Those programs, you want to get in the top 10, top 5, want to compete, they're CEOs. You have to be able to multitask, multi-manage, and run things. Make tough decisions. Be good at it. They're not easy. It's why they get paid what they do. And the good ones are good for a reason. Not everyone can do it. But if we're going to sit there and say, hey, that you needed a culture change in Baton Rouge. Now you can say, well, Gus, it was over a couple of years and it was a championship. I, I, I get that. I, but it, I just I can't keep getting over that phone call from yesterday because, man, that person was absolutely right. I apologize if I forget your name. But um. In less than 12 months of a calendar time. The way you view the logo. That's a drastic change. Like last year, like, man, they don't have the players. Like we knew, you, like you, you went into that Dolphin game, you're like, man, how are they going to get a first down? I mean, <laughs> you're fitting in the starting right tackle with gear that night. I mean, like, how? Oh, well, you have Sean. They'll figure it out. They'll try to figure it out. Or... You didn't have this feeling at the end of last season. That they were going to be worse this year. Like you were like, hey, they'll come back next year. It can't be worse in terms of all the bad luck, the COVID, um, the injuries, all that. You'll have Michael Thomas back. Like You had faith and hope. I don't feel that. Fair or not fair? Prisoner of the moment or not? I, I just, I don't feel that. Do you? If you're second-guessing whether or not they should have run or thrown the football on third and one, you trusting that side of the football currently and its staff to select and develop the next quarterback? I thought Scott said it pretty, pretty bluntly, right? It kind of feels like there's some second-guessing from Dennis on a lot of different things. Does it come from the confidence that I, it's, again, it's not easy. I'm not saying it is. Some people can, some people can't. Have to be able to decide. Have to be able to step in. Have to be able to say, I got it. And then when he speaks yesterday, he was asked about changes to the staff. Do you think about going forward on fourth and one? Here are some of his responses. Yeah, there, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, uh, thought about going, going forth there. Um, you know, you, you, you look the way we had been playing defense up to that point. Um, 
you know, they really hadn't done a whole lot offensively. Um, you're looking at a two-score lead. We're going to have an opportunity to pin them back and make them have to go the long, hard way. Um, and so um, I felt like the risk-reward there, uh, the right decision was to uh, punt the ball away and, and, and put it on the defense. There you have it. It cannot be clear, the difference. It cannot be, it, it, it can't get clear to what I said yesterday before listening to that. I was getting tech, Buddy was one, a couple other people. What was the, the play calling him like, they're bleeding the clock. You could see it. That's confirmation from his mouth. You heard the words. You're playing to the clock run out and to the strength being your defense. You weren't playing to try to win it. Now you can argue, Gus, they are doing that. That day, the defense was the better of the units. That day, but think of that mentality. I, I said this last year about Sean. I said this last year about Sean, and even in the final year of Drew, that something had changed. The Saints, when they were at their best, the Saints, when they were on top, they dictated tempo, pace, physicality. They were the team that said, stop us. And in the last year of Drew, and in the last year of Sean, you heard more about how, well, you know, by the, by the week the game plan changes, and sometimes you're aggressive, sometimes you're not. The second you stop being aggressive, you're, you're opening the door. I don't know if it's the right analogy, but conversely, have you seen the difference in the last week and a half, two weeks from Zion? Or would you say he's playing timid, second-guessing, not as physical? Now, sure, certain things add to that, and he said it, right? Seeing the floor better. Things are slowing down, so he's understanding more. But the mindset is, I'm attacking. The mindset is, stop me. He almost broke the backboard in the missed dunk on Sunday. <laughs> that thing was moving. You just heard it from the head coach. Risk, reward. And I said it during the interview with Scott. I gotta go find that, that, that clip of the former coach saying, when you play certain teams, certain players, you coach differently. What do you have to lose there? Your team has come out and actually given you not just a puncher shot, you have it. You ha you can end the game right there. You can end it. And you know, you know the old saying, we all know, right? Prevent defenses do what? Prevent you from winning. He also talked about defending Brady at the end, and he talked about it. They're going to prevent defense. I, I, again, it's, I'm not trying to be ugly or mean or, or just, it's just, you're hearing it. It's right there. Man, you're a four-win team and somehow been gifted an opportunity to somehow, if you can string a couple of wins together and win the division games, you can maybe sneak into the postseason, which at least will give you a, 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 a better, you know, taste in your mouth going into next season. Maybe. But goodness gracious. Risk reward, you know. I guess it's just baffling to me because then he was asked about defending Brady. 
He does. Well, look, I mean, I think you got to give him credit. Um, he certainly played well on those last two drives and made a lot of good throws. Um, you know, when you when you when you go through the call sheet, there wasn't a whole lot that was different in terms of what we called in those situations as co- compared to what we were calling, you know, throughout the game. Um, you know, I I think a lot of it was. Um, you know, you got one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, and, and, you know, when you continue to give them, you know, shots at you and opportunities at you, they got enough playmakers to make some plays. All right. 800-998-1003. Mark, what you got for me, man? I thought we agreed yesterday that there was going to be a Saints-free rest of the week, man. You know? Yeah. But, no, dude, can you can you run the tape from the Saints' first, Dennis Allen's first con- you know, first words after the loss, their first loss, and see if anything's any different. Oh, we're going to look at the tape. Oh, we didn't execute well. Oh, this. Oh, that. I think it's. I think it's literally the same five answers to every to whatever question. And this dude. I mean, I think somebody brought it up not too long ago. He's never won two games in a row in his career as a head coach. Yeah. So the best you were ever going to get is nine and eight if you won the first game. You know, it's interesting. Um, it just occurred to me, and thanks, uh, Todd, for it. Kansas State. Remember Willie Fritz, Tulane, fourth and one? Mm-hmm. Went for it. I, I just, you know, I, I just, it's the mindset. Let's go back to the beginning of the season. Brian Dable, right? With the Giants. Remember, he went for it on fourth down, and, and then. And, 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 and players were like, yeah, he went for two for the win. And, and then that was, I think it was week one. It, it, it's setting the mindset, right? And I, I mean, just, look, again, Brian Kelly did it against Alabama, the biggest game in, in any LSU coach's history. Brian Kelly. You know, their entire career, you got to beat for Alabama. The win. That's went for the win. You can go one and forever as long as yeah. that one win is Alabama. Yeah, Cause you could have, you could have absolutely said, Hey, you're at home. The offense is playing well. Your defense has played well against Bryce Young. Let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's, 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 let's kick the three here or let's kick the eight, you know, the extra point and beat him in it. You're right. Like, like I said, it, it's there. I, I, when, when I heard that yesterday, you know, again, man, I just, that's fine, but I, I don't know if that wins you games because I, I think that that's a misread. I think that's a yeah. misread. He's right. The defense was playing well to that point, but. Go win it. Go win it. Your team would have respected that. Go win it. Go win the game. You're a yard away. At the end of the day, Mark, you can't get that yard. Do you deserve to be in the playoffs? Well, correct. And like you said yesterday, bud, they, your, your, your defense is gas. I think one of your callers said, I wrote yesterday too, you know, it's like you go down court three, down court three, down court three, time out. We need to catch our breath and yeah. we need to regroup. And coach. Take a timeout. Do your defense a favor. Look, you know, you, take a timeout. Put Kamara in. Yeah. Dude, two things that were totally coaching. And, and of course, the, the god-awful, everybody knew what people Carmichael was going to call as a play for pretty much most of the game. I mean, you know, if, if you didn't realize when he was going to run on first down, and when he was going to try some little dink pass on first down, yeah. you haven't been paying attention for the rest of, you know, for the previous, you know, 
13 games or 12 games, whatever, whatever it is. Thank you for the phone you call, know. man. I got to hey, hit the buddy, break. I hope you have a great day. You Go Pills tonight, man. Oh, yes. Go Pills. I have not forgotten. You'll hear from Coach Green, CJ McCollum here as well. See so if we can get a latest injury report as well. Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans with Rob Marlboro next. At Bank Plus, local means more than a location. It means working with bankers who know and support your community. It means customer-first service you can count on, day in and day out. More branches, more banking options, more technology. At Bank Plus, we're with you whenever, wherever you need us. Because local is a commitment, and it's our promise to you. Bank Plus, it's more than a name, it's a promise. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Lakeview Massage and Therapy is a must for recovery, getting rid of pesky pain, or to simply relax. It's part of Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic and Wellness, so this isn't a neon sign place. They have specialists performing work geared specifically to you. Rejuvenate with a 60, 90, or 120 minute session of Himalayan salt stone, injury and recovery, lymphatic detox, pre and postnatal, post mastectomy movement, traditional therapeutic massages, and ashiatsu. I've had that. You want to try it. Trust me. LakeviewMassageandTherapy.com for info where recovery meets relaxation. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries will offer new and renewal commercial fishing licenses and boat registration transactions here in Berg for three days only, December 12th, 13th, and 14th at 468 Texas Gulf Road. Save yourself a trip to Baton Rouge. Bring your personal check, cashier's check, money order, or cash December 12th, 13th, or 14th here in Berg for the new or renewal of your commercial fishing license and boat registration. Get all the details at wlf.louisiana.gov or call 225-765-2898. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. Mr. Ralph Marborough on Tuesdays, 115-ish, joins us. Sir, how are you today? Uh, Gus. Mm-hmm. I've been better. Uh, that, people, people got mad at me on Twitter because I said... That for me personally, the game on Monday, and this surprised me, it affected me almost maybe more than the no call against the Rams. And I know that sounds crazy because the no call cost the Saints the Super Bowl. But here's the reason why, Gus, that it just drove me crazy. And I was tossing and turning all night and just like I collapsed and I drank more. Is even after the no call, like as brutal as it was, and we didn't get our second Super Bowl, and Drew didn't get a second Super Bowl, and that was brutal, and we'll never get over it. The thing about the no-call that allowed me to kind of move on a little bit from it was I knew that the Saints had just had this amazing draft in 2017, right? And they had almost got to a Super Bowl in 2018. And I knew, like, the next two to three years were still going to be fun regular seasons, and they had Sean Payton, and they had this young team, right? And they were going to contend, and the seasons were going to be fun. Right. Gus, the loss to Tampa Bay, it's, the future is bleak. I was on, saying on our podcast, I think there's, there's a possibility 
that, like, the Saints aren't on Monday Night Football for, like, the next two or three years. And in, like, 2025 or 2026, when they finally get good again, ESPN is like, the last time the Saints were on Monday Night Football, Tom Brady ripped their heart out, showed it to them, and set, up, set it on fire. And, like, the future's so bleak. So this might be, like, the last, like, relevant December game the Saints play in a couple of years. And that just made me incredibly sad and took me to a dark place where I was, like, looking at my two trees, like, bobblehead and rubbing it and saying nice things to it. You have a pinned tweet, sir. On your Twitter page at Saints Forecast from October 25th, that uh, has Jim Moore fed up with Dennis Allen fed up. Will you splice uh, Coach Moore a little bit? Hear that? We're, we still here. Here we go. Um, here it is. Yeah, frustrated, frustrated, but not not despondent. God, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that. We're, we. You did that for about a minute, nine seconds. <laughs> well, I think I give I, I, I say we did it. We have we have a fantastic producer producer Thomas who is actually strange enough lives in lives in Poland, wow. runs our show, wow. and gets up in the middle of the night to do our live stream from uh, live. He's he's amazing. He's a Saints fan in Poland. I felt bad for him because I know that like he went to bed yeah. on Monday yeah. and like watched the Saints game first thing in the morning Tuesday and I woke up and I was like somewhere in Poland there is a man watching the Saints game and he's super excited cuz it's the middle of the third quarter and the Saints are winning and it's all going to come crashing down on his head what's, and uh what's sure incredible enough. to me is you have better communication with someone in Poland than apparently the Saints do uh with with 12 <laughs> men in the huddle at the one oh, yard line I just Look, man, I, I've asked this to Sean Fazan, Scott Prather earlier, so now it's your turn. Where, when, how, in your mind, do you think the Saints lost Monday? I I want to say the Mark Ingram, like, stepping out of bounds. But now that we know his knee was destroyed, it might make more sense. Like, why was he on the field? Like, the, the medical staff couldn't diagnose it. I know it's tough to do that in a game. But, like, to me, Gus, the failure of the Saints, of all of it, the Taysom Hill drop, and all of it, I think it boils down to this. Like, they were up 16-3. to Tampa had first and 10 at the 9-yard line, down 16-3. to The Saints defense, all they had to do was make one play. Like, Tampa was struggling so much. Just one sack by the defensive line probably – kills a Tampa, Tampa drive, right? Because they just can't, they're just incapable of converting third and long. And the Saints defense, led by Dennis Allen, and this defensive line that was supposed to be the strength of the 2022 Saints, Cam Jordan, Davenport, who has half a sack on the year, the interior defensive line, Onyemata, and a bunch of guys who are just NFL dudes that never really perform above mediocre. Like, they couldn't get it done. When it mattered most, and to me, that's where they lost the game. Like, you're, and, and I don't even blame Dennis Allen for punting. He's like, Tom Brady hadn't scored a touchdown in, what was it, 11 and a half quarters against my defense. Of course I'm going to punt and make him go 90 yards, uh, maybe twice to beat me. Like, it made sense, and the Saints defense didn't get it done. And I think that's the thing that will stick with me forever instead of just the individual plays that if you if you say, ah, oh, they have just done that, they'd have won. But in a general sense, like, their defense and their defensive line, like, failed them epically. 
Man, I, you know, along those lines we talk about with Mark, it, 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 look, you don't have an MRI machine there, and I get that, mm-hmm. which is why I, I went this route, because I never want to sit there and say a player should do this when mm-hmm. an injury happens, because you saw him grab the knee earlier, before that play. My thing would have been, and again, it kind of comes to game management, is I'm looking at the formation. I'm real. You have to understand the moment. You have to understand. Mm-hmm. You get a first down. You probably have it to at least a three minute mark. Like you, you, you're going to go a long way, even if you don't convert the next set of downs to winning, or maybe even a field goal if you get some yards. You have to understand. Call a timeout. If Alvin Kamara is not back there because his helmet is out, call a timeout. But Landry, mm-hmm. Alave, like Jersey sellers on third and one. That's right. Are on the bench, and you're telling me that yes, it was a pass play called, mm-hmm. and the two options Andy had were Callaway and the fullback, Ralph Marlboro. <laughs> are you t- are you like you're letting the season come down? And I, look, right. not disrespecting Callaway or the fullback, who I don't even know the name. My point is, if I'm going to lose and not make the playoffs this year, it's going to be with my best players on the field. I yeah. just, I, I'm at a loss, dude. I'm at a loss. I, it's because of this. And I, I explained it this way on our podcast and on Twitter. The Saints, what they are doing on offense, Gus, is they are doing Sean Payton karaoke. They have the lyrics. They have the notes. But it isn't Sean Payton running it. And here's the thing that, that, that I immediately popped into my mind on Monday night. You, you remember the Super Bowl. Right, and they have the audio from Sean Payton. He's yelling at Joe Fitt about Dallas. You can't let their best player beat you. But one of the key moments in that game, too, is on the two-point play to Lance Moore, Sean Payton, he didn't say, I'm going to run the Lance Moore out in the end zone, or I'm going to run XTY banana split 23. He said, I want Lance Moore. In critical moments, to me and the Sean Payton and Good coaches. It isn't about the plays. It isn't about the scheme. It's about Bingo. we need to make a play on offense. What are we going to do? How are we going to get our best players the ball? I wouldn't. I would have even been okay, Gus, if the Saints had been like third and one. Let's get really cute or something with like an end around to Shahid or like a bubble scheme to Shahid. Because at least you could have been like, listen, he was really good in this game. And they were they were trying to go yeah. with the hot guy that Bingo. made the play, right? Then you, even if it even if it blows up, you'd have been like, he was really good that game. I don't blame I don't blame Pete Carmichael for doing that. But like Kelly, he's been an active for the last few weeks. He had nine snaps. Like what are you what are you doing, Saints? What are you doing, Andy Dalton? And even that they're like, well, the, the play was for the fullback. What yeah. are you- on the line on the bridge exactly dude you just brought up you you said it best because you're absolutely right right Kirk Cousins and the Vikings in that incredible game against the Bills who do you look for Jefferson when the Bengals were here and had to win the game against the Saints who did Burrow look for Jamar bleeping chase. I mean, I, 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 this isn't difficult. Like you're, that's not even outthinking the room. That's just unqualified. I mean, that it, 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 literally, it's not that hard. Find your best player, get a yard. 
Like, it just yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. By the way, I don't like him because he's a Miami Dolphins super fan and loves to laugh at Saints fans, but he did come up with something funny. He just heard you say that it's Sean Payton karaoke, and he said the Saints essentially are um, <laughs> Millie Vanilli. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's there it right. is. They're, they're, they're Millie Vanilli. They're, they're lip syncing. They're, they're lip syncing to the Sean Payton offense. And but here's the thing, Gus. I, I and I mean this sincerely because I, I I still think as bad as this loss was, I still think like there's like probably like a 95 percent chance or higher that like Dennis Allen's going to make it. Like unless they have like a 2001 style Jim Hazlitt collapse at the end of the year, which, mm-hmm. by the way, kids, if you don't remember 2001, the Saints lost their last four games by a combined score of 160 to 52. That averages out to 40 to 13 a game. So, like, unless that happens, like, I think Dennis Allen is going to make it. And even if that did happen, I just think the Saints is going to stick with him. But the thing that he's got to decide, Gus, is, like, what does he want to be yeah. on offense? And I don't mean, like, in a cliched way, and I, I wish the media could asking the, the right questions. I don't even know how to frame it to get it out of him. But, like, because you know what he's going to say is to say, what do you want to do on offense? He's like, we want to control the ball. We want to run the ball. We want to not turn it over. We want to be in third and manageable. But, like, not cliches, dude. I want, like, what do you want to be on offense? Do you want to be, like, Sean McVay and run it out of 11 personnel? Do you want to be Kyle Shanahan and be, like, a power running team, but, like, really, like, exotic smash up? Do you want to be Tennessee? But they, they literally call themselves like exotic smash mouth football. Like, what do you want to be on offense? And you got to find that guy coordinator to do it. Because I just don't think trying to do the, the Sean Payton, Millie Vanilli lip syncing or karaoke, like, that ain't it. And to me, you got to decide that. Because once you decide that, then you can decide, okay, this is what we want to be. What kind of quarterback do we have to get? Because you don't have one right now. So it isn't like you have a Kirk Cousins or like a quarterback you're paying a ton of money that you're kind of locked into and you have to build it around him. You have a little bit more like freedom and leeway. But to me, that's what it comes down to. And like Dennis Allen, like he knows he's got to figure it out because listen, the NFL, they don't have three year plans, bro. You like next year, if he if he drops another five and twelve, they're gonna they're gonna load him in a cannon and and, and <laughs> fire him and you know fire him into the Mississippi River. Like so, I mean, the clock is like ticking rapidly on Dennis Allen, probably even faster than thought because they thought they would have success this year and they didn't. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Ralph Marlboro <laughs> giving us, along with Roy. The song of the day, because that's going to stick in everybody's head. That same forecast that we're going to follow over on Twitter. Ralph Marlboro, go check out the column. I can only imagine what's going to be up on WWLTV.com. Thank you, Ralph. We'll talk again next Tuesday. Talk to you next week, guys. There he goes. Millie Vanilli. Saints offense. Aaron Summers next on ESPN New Orleans.
diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-511-3535. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-511-3535. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-511-3535. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-511-3535. 800-511-3535. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. ESPN 100.3 and Penn Entertainment present Want to Bet with the Professor Nick Harrison. Each week, the professor and his guests take a look at the best bets in sports and show you that it doesn't take a professional odds maker to win a mint. Plus, the show will be coming to you live from Boomtown Casino on the West Bank. You can join in the fun, get in on the action, and have a taste of the Big Easy with Nola Steak and Executive Chef Lewis Brown. Want to bet with the Professor Nick Harrison? Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 FM, ESPN New Orleans. We talk sports, real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Zion had a steam. Kick it out to Billy. Extra pass, Trey. Drives to the rack. And will slam it in over the MVP. Right hand power dunk. I didn't know what to come back with as we are joined by Aaron Summers, team reporter of the Saints and Pelicans. Aaron, I was either going to go with that or an Alvarado three. I couldn't go wrong. Well, I mean, there are plenty of threes to choose from when it comes to Jose Alvarado from Sunday. I think there's eight of them. There was eight of them. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the eighth one. McCollum posted up Billy left of the lane. Up top, Jose, straightaway three. Number eight for Alvarado, and that was deep. You know, Aaron, obviously I know you were in Tampa with the Saints, so you couldn't feel the SKC that Sunday, but you have been in the other games as well. I was referencing not just the games, but specifically, right, all the plays being made, but Man, the SKC's been a story this year, huh? Haven't you felt like the blender, the pop that you've gotten in games, it's legit turning into a home court advantage, isn't it? Well, I was going to comment on that clip that you just played. You can hear the crowd distinctively in the background. I mean, so loud. The Mm -hmm. cheer, the right, you know, you can tell when the bucket went in. It's incredible the energy that they've brought. The players feed off of it. They're nine and three in the SKC. They've won seven of their last eight there. So they're just rolling. And I think it's all encompassing. You know, when the team hits a lull, 
the crowd's there and they really feed off of each other. I love how much crowd interaction the players have too. I mean, there's so many moments in the game where they're raising their hands up and telling the crowd to get into it. It is definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, I think one of the things as well that has really stood out to me too, <coughs> Aaron, aside from how the how the team is playing, is the growth of this city when it comes to not only the love of the team, but understanding the game as well. I mean, I kind of mm-hmm. had a little fun with it earlier in the year. It's about um, rotations, spacing, lineup, you know, using acronyms for out-of-timeout plays, all these different things. But you're, you're seeing it, and I, I know you being on the floor, you get a chance of hearing how fans kind of either scream on the court or, or say certain things during the game. Like, the people that are at these games, they're invested, and they're, they're coaches now, aren't they? Oh, yeah, definitely, especially when it comes to talking to the refs, because for a while, the Pelicans have not gotten very many calls. Zion has finally started to get a few more, but still the rookies aren't getting a lot of the calls. Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones has been somebody that's dealt with that numerous times, and you hear the fans around you. I sit courtside, and I hear them behind me yelling specifically why that should have been called or why it wasn't called the same way on the other end, and it's hilarious because they're not wrong and it's so cool to hear the fans really get into it and the knowledge that they have for the game is just growing I think they're learning along with the team you know Willie Green did a great job of bringing everybody together last season and as the team's trajectory kind of improved you know the fans around here have started to kind of jump on and they were ready for this season and they've been in it man it's been great I mean this in a very positive way. So we speak with Aaron Summers, Aaron E. Summers, a way to follow on Twitter, Saints and Pelicans team reporter. I saw a video you posted earlier today from Shoot Around. There's mm-hmm. Jose and Trey, and they're having, what, a three-point competition or something like mm-hmm. that? This team does know they're a half game out of first, right? What, what about locking in? What about being different? Aaron, my point is, this has been the team the last couple of months, isn't it? They're, they don't seem phased by it. No, I think that that's what's been so good for this team. You heard it last season, too. They're always playing music. They're always having fun. They're having these competitions with each other. They're continuing to challenge each other after practice. Sure, it's fun, but you're still working on your craft. I mean, you can call it a three-point shot, but I think they were probably lined up from what we would call a four-point. You know, they're definitely working on things. You're having fun with it, but that's part of it. You want to enjoy what you're doing every day. They enjoy being around each other. They enjoy going to battle with each other, it's translating to the floor. And I think that's something that Coach Green has instilled. He wants this to be fun for them because you will care. You will bring your best effort because you're enjoying what you do every day. Aaron, one of the reasons the Pels are one of the hottest teams, if not as Coach Malone of the Nuggets called the hottest team in the West, is what we've seen before our very eyes develop with Zion Look, we, we knew the offensive game was going to come when you knocked the little rust off. He hadn't played in a year, Aaron, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But the defensive plays, the other statistics, blocks, steals, assists, all those different aspects of it, and now you're sort of seeing where he's understanding when to take off and, and, and kind of put the team on its back, flipping the switch, all those things. Can, can you even really put into words what we've seen in about two-week span? I think all of that that you just described to me being there watching him on the court he's now telling people where to go he's directing traffic he's communicating 
he understands what they're trying to accomplish and he's able to be that leader on the court now. Whereas through the first month or so, you know, he was still catching up. So I think because he has such a better grasp on things now, he's able to really read what's going on. And we've seen him when he brings the ball up the court, he's been phenomenal. His assist numbers have just skyrocketed. He's up to over five a game. He understands when it's his turn and when it's time to, to pass it off. And his ability to navigate that is helping this team so well. And then, as you mentioned, getting back, hustling, being active, aggressive on the defensive end, it's been huge. It's paying dividends for the team in general. Right now, they're third in the league in overall defense. That's an area that everybody talked about for the, through the first month of wanting to really lock in and improve right. on. It wasn't just him. He's going to get the most backlash, right, because he's like the star on the team and people haven't seen him in so long, they're going to pick him apart. But I have no complaints about his overall game right now. I think one of the other things that's interesting is, you know, and you have to play the defense the, the way that they're capable of if you want to continue to, you know, string wins together and make the moves that you're making in the West. Because you take tonight's opponent, and I said it yesterday, we had Todd on yesterday, and he was, all right, here comes Bogdanovich. You know, he had seven threes mm-hmm. last night. The team as uh, as a whole, the Pistons had 19 to the Heat's 10. That's the difference in the game. It's a 20-point game. You, you have to defend night in and night out, Aaron, because so many teams are just going to shoot volume threes. You look at the Pistons last night, 41 attempts. Miami had 32. <laughs> like they just, they're just going to launch them and hope they go in and then make that game tighter than it needs to be. Everybody is working on their three-point shot now. You have bigs that can hit from outside. We have seven people on our team that are shooting over 40% from outside. It is the way that the NBA is going, and you have to be able to go out and defend. Today in in shoot-around, they were talking about that, you know, closing out, high stick hands, making sure that you make yourself big out there and you cover and protect the paint because if they're not going to get the shot out there, they're going to drive into the basket. Detroit's big. They can shoot over you, or they'll go inside and they'll try try to draw fouls. So there was a lot of focus on that, you know, outside, making sure you get out and you get a hand in somebody's face Mm -hmm. and then also from keeping them from driving in. It's interesting that that's the way that the NBA is going. Obviously, it started with Steph Curry. I think we can blame him and it's kind of just trended from there. But it is, you know, three points versus two and everybody's kind of getting in on it. I think the other thing that's been interesting is the fact that the Pelicans have made such a stride over the last couple weeks and they've done it without their full roster Mm -hmm. and that tells you again how important their defense has been because you're doing it without B.I. C.J. wasn't in for a few games Herb Jones hasn't been in and his defense not having his defense have the other guys stepping up and playing the way that they are that's been the key. They've been able to be really locked in on the defensive end, and then you have a, a big night here and there from somebody off the bench, and you're you're doing fine. Yeah. And that's why the defense always plays, no matter what. No matter who you have on the offensive side, the defense is going to be key. Good point. Exactly. No matter uh, the injury report, who's in and who's out. You know, Aaron, as we wrap up on that, and I'm going to ask you strategically, I only left about a minute and a half for the talk Saints. <laughs> um, <laughs> 57 points for Detroit last night out of their 116 came via the three. 19 times three, thanks to my calculator on my phone. Uh, it's, you know, 57 points. 
subtract 57 from 116, it's 58. I mean, it's essentially half of your points came via the three ball, 57 to 30, the difference. We'll see what happens tonight. Pell's 11-point favorite coming up at the Smoothie King Center. Look, we, I could have asked you about breaking down the game and all those things. I, I think in a game like that, in the position that you know you've done and I've done it as well as a sideline reporter just covering the team on the field, really get that mm-hmm. sense of the emotion of it. The emotion in the last three minutes and then what had to be a tough flight back home, too, uh, of knowing what just took place. That, that's going to be tough. For the, I think that's the challenge number one, right, going into the Atlanta game in two weeks. I think it's tough for two reasons. You knew what was on the line and you had that game. And there were so many moments, so many, just one opportunity here and there that could have gone the other way for the Saints and it would have been a win easily. You have to, you know, hat tip to Tom Brady and what he was able to do down the stretch. The Saints wanted it. They were fighting. They were giving it everything they got. They were extremely disappointed, frustrated coming home. And now you have two weeks to sit on that loss because you have the bye. So how does that play out? Is it good to sit there and think about all these things? Or is it bad that you have to sit and wait before you can go out there and correct it? It's a weird time for the bye to come. I was kind of like happy for it because, you know, it's like, all right, let's just all step away. Um, but as a player, you want to get back out there as soon as possible and get that taste out of your mouth. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be um, one of the storylines, obviously, and hopefully you get some more health with some players getting back here as well. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Lattimore and Werner, they were close, right? So let's see what happens. But as I mentioned yesterday and today, Pals play tonight, Aaron, so let's get a let's chance go. To, to feel even better. <laughs> See you tonight at the arena. Sounds good, thanks. Yep, give Aaron a follow over on Twitter, Aaron E. Summers, the way to do so. Sports Hangover next on ESPN New Orleans. Hi, this is Tessie with Southland Dodge. We are all so thankful for your continued support of our dealership. And we would like to wish everyone a safe and happy holiday season and also a great new year from all of us at Southland Dodge in Homa, Louisiana. It's time to have fun, so come on in. Come on in and win. It's magic. Come and feel the magic. Cash magic. Great news for our video poker players. Cash Magic LaRose has reopened. Yes, Cash Magic LaRose is open and bigger and better than ever in our brand new casino right here in LaRose on Highway 308. So come on in and win. You'll always be a VIP Cash Magic. Gambling problem 877-770-STOP. Even with the convenience of Uber and Lyft, king-sized accidents can happen in a rideshare. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced in handling rideshare accidents and will fight for a king-sized recovery for your injuries. Get the royal treatment you deserve at The King Firm. At The King Firm, we treat every client like royalty. If you've been injured in a rideshare crash, ring The King at 909-KING. LA20-11132. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. 
What would you say you do here? Sports. sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. Ah, yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Impressed basketball tonight. Trying to find. There it is. This is one of the better plays, too, as well. Now Murray behind the back, and there's Trey Murphy to steal. That's actually Trey's just second touch of the game, but he gets the steal. Now Elliott Zion! Half court! Flush it in two hands! Love it. Just love the crowd. It's just a great atmosphere. It's fun. Super fun. Can't wait for the next couple of games here at home. Uh, when you take a look at the schedule, man, they're all going to be fun. And they all matter. That's the big thing, too. It's crazy. Scott Prather brought it up earlier today that it, you're not used to it being a Saints fan where it's meaningless football in December. That was not the thing under Sean Payton. It actually not only meant more, but you were playing for seeding, you were playing games that mattered, and you were winning. Tough difference, right? A couple of tidbits here from the Pels. As Willie Green was talking about specifically some different things that have helped this team play, and a lot of it is Larry Nance, Jose Alvarado, their impact off the bench, that when they come in, it just changes the complexion of the game. He had this to say. You know, guys that come in the game and give us a different look, both Larry and Jose uh, do a great job on both ends of the floor. They can have big games offensively, but more importantly is we get stops, and, and those are two guys that, our team, our players, we all trust put on the floor at the end of games. Another thing, too, is he was talking about the defensive efforts that Zion's been having the last couple of games and how him stepping up on the defensive sides just really added to this team. It's great for us. He, he's using his ability on both ends of the floor, and he's having some big games for us. Um, it's good to see him continue to get into a rhythm on both ends of the floor. And lately, with guys being out, we're going to him much more. The other aspect of it, I bring up a lot on how I think offensively, it's nice to see how they're kind of positioning themselves to be able to play different styles, big, small, fast, slow, what have you. He brought up yesterday, they do the same thing defensively. A lot of times maybe we don't pick that up. We're watching the flow of the game. But, and I'll hear Todd say this during the call as well, Pels have been using the zone a little bit. Probably a little more than I, than I remember them last year. Perhaps I could be inaccurate on that, but it seems like there, there there's a purpose to it. Well, listen. Really, for us, it's just to kind of break up timing and rhythm, um, especially if teams are kind of playing fast. We want to slow you down a bit, keep teams out of our paint. Uh, we'll throw a 3-2 at you, and it turns into a 2-3, and then it turns into matchup, things like that. But, you know, it's really to, to, to try to break up a team's timing. Here's C.J. McCollum on the team's defense. Yeah, that's a credit to our coaching staff preparing us, you know, giving us adjustments in practice, giving us adjustments in shoot-around so that we're comfortable with going to them, switching, you know, going to zone out of ATOs. We've been doing a great job of changing things up, and I think the guys have continued to put forth the effort, which is what we need, right? Like, we expected to be able to score offensively. We knew it would take some time for us to get used to positioning and spacing, and we're still figuring things out. But defensively, I think those are the strides that will allow us to have more success and be able to win ugly games, which is important when you get ready for the playoffs. Ah, I heard that key right there. Exactly. It's it's not going to be pretty. You're going to be playing good teams here and there and all that stuff. I love hearing the the one constant, whether or not you're going to see 
Herb Jones or Brandon Ingram or C.J. McCollum or Zion or Valanchunas or somebody else not play, what's the one constant you can control? That's your defensive effort. That's the way you play defense. And that can help you stay in games, win you games. All those different aspects of it. Even he brought up the fact that Zion's defense right now is really helping the overall team defense. It charges us. It charges us up. It allows us to get out and transition and run. Uh, I think everybody feeds off of, obviously, how well he is offensively and as a player, but defensively when he takes that, that next step like he's been on that end, I think we're that much better as a team. You know what I mean? Being able to switch more, being able to protect the rim more, being able to get fast, break points more. And I think that gets him going, too, and that, that gets his – his energy levels up, and he's he's able to push it in the fast breaks and finish more around the basket. And I think he's just getting more comfortable, just like everybody else these nights. In the last week or so, how many times have you seen him go coast to coast, accelerate, take on two, three, four players at one time, and just either draw the foul now or or finish at the rim, like he was saying? CJ a little bit more, is he? I mean, he's doing what great players do. He's he's showing his all around game. He's dominating, you know, with his force, with his gravity. Not just his scoring and finishing on the basket, but making the right plays, right? Figuring out who to pass to on the weak side. Figuring out when to take over games and, and, and when to trust your teammates. I think he's doing a tremendous job. Aaron touched on it a little bit there as well. The thing that's incredible is you're a half game out of first place. You haven't had Herb Jones in a couple of games. Brandon Ingram's missing with uh, toe soreness. By the way, Devontae Graham has the sprained toe as well. This team's got to lead the NBA in sprained toes. Huh? Unreal. So, without that, though, and quite honestly, C.J. McCollum hasn't played the way we saw him at the end of last year. I know he suffered with some illness a little bit, and you're seeing him trying to get back, but even before then, his shot hadn't been on. Like The assist, the, the play on defense, the leadership, all that has been there as well. But if you're being honest, C.J. McCollum hasn't had a great start to the season with, with, a, with a list of factors. Right? Illness, injury, whatever, slow starts. It just, but he hasn't. And we saw him last year leading into the play in game, how big he was, how he can have a three for 12 night and in the last minute or so hit the big shot, get to the line, do those different aspects of it and, and maybe make that right decision or so. But that's the thing that's amazing to me. You haven't even had your starting five really. Ten games, I think, is what it was. That's nothing. And yet this team is a half game out of first. Meanwhile, those other teams that you're playing around in the, in the conference have had their guys for the most part. I know CP Me has sat for a little bit, which we completely expect he'll be completely healed miraculously like Mr. Miyagi on Friday and Sunday. But you know, for the most part, a lot of these teams in the West have had a lot of their guys. So... It just gives you an idea as to why maybe so many people are getting really excited about the possibility where this team can go, especially come March, come April, including someone nationally, which I promised Todd I wouldn't say it because I don't want to speak it into existence or anything. Just go look what Bill Simmons had to say. I'm going to leave it at that. CJ on him finally starting to feel better, though. Uh, I feel better each day, getting up and down, but getting a lot of extra work in in the mornings uh, with Casey, get some conditioning in, just getting used to moving, running, and playing again. I feel like my movements are getting better each night. Still a little short, a little flat, but uh, it was good to get up and down today with the guys, get a real practice in um, for the next game. But like you said before, it's, it's difficult transitioning back when you don't really do much. 
just the lift. Like you can replicate running, but you can't replicate the game like atmosphere when you don't practice or work out for you know ten days or whatever it was. But I feel like I'm getting getting in more game shape each night, and I feel better each day. I think I'm moving a little bit better today. So it'll be interesting to kind of get the sense and feel here of what this team is going to be like moving forward. We'll see. I'm excited. I can't wait to see it again. I'm definitely not trying to overlook Detroit. You got to get this one. Got to get this one. It's going to be a tough one. They like to shoot the threes. It's going to be one they're not going to, you know, roll over. They did play last night in Miami, but they won by 20 points, 19 threes. And, you know, you you may be without a couple of players here again. Doesn't look like I, you know, you're going to see Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones here as well, whether they're officially ruled out or not. So, and Devontae Graham was listed with having a toe sprain yesterday. So, we will see who plays, but I said it yesterday, uh, early in the, in the show. Real easy for me. Real easy. Fee Zion. Play defense. Take care of your business. Quick break when we come back. Hour three. Sean Fox at 2.15. Eric Alexander at 2.30. If you want to chime in, you can. 800-998-1003. On the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Love to hear it from you as well. We'll recap a little bit of what DA had to say yesterday. And we'll take your phone calls. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Ad paid for by the Sentinel Group. Attention Marines, military personnel, families, and contractors who were stationed at Camp Lejeune. Were you present at Camp Lejeune between August 1953 and December of 1987? You may be entitled to significant compensation. For nearly 34 years, those in the Marine Corps' base Camp Lejeune were exposed to contaminated drinking water, resulting in devastating injuries including several forms of cancer, adverse birth outcomes, Parkinson's disease, and more. North Carolina's procedural laws have prevented victims from getting the justice they deserve, but passage of 